If you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And I'd like for us to look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I want to share a sermon that I've entitled, The Lesson from the Wise Men. The Lesson from the Wise Men. Matthew chapter 2, and we want to look at verse 1 through verse 12. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we're come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet Thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not thou least among the prince of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Lesson from the wise men. As you begin to read Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, you'll find that Matthew's account deals with a complete different theme than Luke's account. Now Luke is our go-to chapter about details, about the birth of Christ. I mean, uh, when we want the detail of the Annunciation to Mary, that she'd be the mother of Jesus, we don't go to Matthew, but we go to Luke. When we want the details about the journey to Bethlehem for Joseph and for Mary, we go to Luke. When we want the details about the place of delivery there in Bethlehem in a stable behind the inn, we go to Luke. When we want the details of the announcement to the shepherds and their arrival at the Bethlehem stable, we go to Luke. So Luke's theme is the details of the birth of Jesus. However, Matthew is quite different. 
You see, the theme of Matthew is not necessarily about the birth of Christ, but about his kingship. So in chapter 1 of Matthew, Matthew gives the genealogy of Jesus in which he establishes Jesus' right to be Israel's true and final king. Look at chapter 1 just for a moment to verify that. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then in verse 16 of chapter 1, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So Matthew, unlike Luke that gives the details of the birth, Matthew gives the details of the genealogy and the kingship of Jesus. Now in chapter 2, Matthew gives three additional evidences of Jesus' legitimate and absolute right to, to be uh, on the throne of David. First, he gives the testimony of the Magi. If you look at Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 2, uh, the C part of verse 1 says, There came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Verse 2 saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? And so he establishes Jesus' right to Israel's true and final king, and he uses the testimony of the Magi, first of all, to establish that right. Secondly, he uses the hatred of Herod to establish that right. And then third, he uses the fulfillment of three messianic promises, the birth of Jesus, the childhood of Jesus, and the location of Jesus' birth, Bethlehem and Rama and Egypt and Nazareth. And he brings all of those prophecies together in order to substantiate the genealogy of Jesus, that he's the true king of Israel and the final king of Israel. Now, to understand the visit of the Magi, you have to understand they were looking for the king of kings. And they found him. They were searching for the king of kings. And they found him in this babe called Jesus. And so within this brief text, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12, we also can see three responses, basic responses, that mankind has made to the Lord throughout history. Now the responses are even present today in our worship service. When you're presented Jesus Christ, you will meet that presentation with at least one of these three responses. Now, you probably have in the past, but you will meet that challenge today with one of these responses. Number one, some will see Jesus as Herod saw Jesus, and you will hate him. Some will see Jesus today as the chief priest and the scribe saw Jesus, and you will be indifferent to Jesus just as they were indifferent to him. And then some today will see Jesus as the Magi saw Jesus, and you will humble your heart 
and you will worship him. One of those responses from the time that Jesus was born to modern history, people have been responding when they see Jesus, when they meet Jesus. Now, to begin with, who were these magi? Well, to understand the magi, we have to separate faction, or, I'm, I'm sorry, friction, or fiction, I'm sorry, fiction and fact and tradition. Legend has it that they were three kings. Their names, legend has their names as Caspar, Belfazar, and Melchior. However, the facts that we know are given in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. We don't know the number. We think they're three because they offer three gifts. Gold, incense, and frankincense, myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we say, well, they were three kings. We don't know the number. We really don't know their names. We don't know their transportation. They could have walked all the way or they could have used camels. We have the Christmas cards with the shepherds and the wise men and we see the camels in the foreground and we have all of those traditions. However, we only know, we only know they came from the east. And we do know that they were God-fearing people. They came from the area of Cornelius and Lydia Acts chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. And so first you have the Magi. Separate tradition, legend, from fact. But secondly, notice they were looking for the king, the new king. Now when they arrived in Jerusalem, they began asking, look at verse 2. The C part of that verse is there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Verse 2, saying, the wise men came from the east and they were saying. Now that word saying is an important word. It's, it's present participle, which simply means a continual action. It denotes continual action. They continued to say they were going around the city asking everyone they met, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They assumed that everyone knew about this special baby. Isn't that what we do today? Don't we assume that everyone knows about Jesus, our family, our neighbors, our friends and classmates? Don't we just assume everyone knows about this special baby by the name of Jesus? However, they were shocked that no one knew about this special king. You see, that's our mission today is to let everyone we know or come in contact with know about this special king, Jesus Christ. So you have the Magi. And they were looking for a new king. Now, number three, if you're jotting down notes, how did they find the king? Well, the Bible says that they followed a star in the east. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about this star. Some suggest that it was Jupiter. 
Jupiter is known as the king of the planets. Some have suggested that it was Jupiter and Saturn, and they formed the sign of the fish, a symbol used in persecution uh, during the time of Nero, the sign of the fish. Others claim that it was kind of a low-hanging meteor or an erratic comet. But some have suggested, and I kindly hold to this belief, that it may have been the Shekinah glory of God. The same glory that shone around the shepherds when Jesus' birth was announced to them by an angel in Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Throughout the Old Testament, we're told how God's glory is manifested as light. The Lord guided His children through the wilderness by a pillar of cloud and by day and a pillar of fire by night in Exodus 13, 21. When Jesus was transfigured before Peter and James and John, His face shone like the sun and His garments became as white as light. Matthew 17, verse 2. On the Damascus road, if you remember, Saul of Tarsus was surrounded by a light from heaven in Acts chapter 9, verse 3. You see, something else that is very interesting is that the Hebrew word and the Greek word for star is also used to represent any great brilliance or radiance. Could have been a star, but there by God, or it could have been just the Shekinah glory of God. Numbers 24, verse 17 says, The Messiah is spoken of as a star that shall come forth from Jacob. At the end of the New Testament, if you remember, Jesus refers to himself as the bright and morning star. Radiant. Brilliant. So the point being, the Shekinah glory of God perhaps stood over Bethlehem just as centuries before as it stood over the tabernacle in the wilderness. Or just as the pillar of cloud gave light to Israel, but darkness to Egypt in Exodus 14 verse 20. But only the eyes of the Magi were open to see this great light over Bethlehem. They were looking for a new king, and they found him after they saw the star. Now, what's the point in all that, Brother Sammy? Well, it's real simple. People find Jesus today by seeing the light. Remember that song, I saw the light, I saw no more darkness, no more night. I saw the light. People find Jesus today by seeing the light. They're willing to look for the light. And we're called as God's people to show them the light. You have the Magi. You have looking for a new king. You have finding the king. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding 
great joy. Verse 11, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down, worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, if you notice, they saw the star in the east, but there's no evidence that the star continued to shine and led them to Jerusalem until they heard the prophecy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And they go out, and suddenly there's the star shining over Bethlehem. Now, what's interesting is it was not until they heard the prophesied birthplace of the Messiah there in verse 5 and 6. Notice verse 5. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judea, not the least among the princes of Judea, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then they go out and they see the star shining over Bethlehem. That star reappeared, guided them to Bethlehem to the exact place where Jesus was. Verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. Notice verse 10, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. In verse 11, When they were coming to the house. Now we're gone beyond the stable. This is after the birth of Jesus. Some believe just a few months after the birth of Jesus that Mary and Joseph uh, tarried there in Bethlehem because perhaps it was too hard of a journey for her to travel after giving birth to Jesus, to a baby. They remained there. Some say they remained there for months. And and then uh, the Magi arrived. Now, Christmas cards I mentioned show them at a stable. But the Bible says they'd gone beyond the stable and now they're in the house. So they get to the house. And the last point is what do you do when you discover the King of Kings? Well, when they saw the child, his mother Mary, the Bible says they fell down and worshipped. Mary? No, not Mary. But they fell down and worshipped him. Very important. If there was ever a time that Mary could have been worshipped, it would have been here. If there was ever a time that Mary should have been worshipped, it would have been here. But they worshipped Him. They worshipped the Christ child. They presented their treasures, their gold, their frankincense, their myrrh to Him. They were just seeking after God, the Magi. When they, God spoke to them, they saw. Through the star, they responded. They recognized God's light. Whether it was a special star in the galaxy or whether it was the Shekinah glory of God, they were looking for God's light, and when they saw it, they responded to it. So here's the question. Have you seen the light? Are you willing to respond to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
How will you respond to the light today? There's not a person that's here today who, have, who has never heard of Jesus. Now, there are people in the world today that haven't heard. But I'm assuming that everyone here previously has heard of Jesus. And today some of you are here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You may be young, you may be old, you may be a teenager, I don't know. But you will respond today in one of three ways. Mankind always has since Christ was born. You'll respond like Herod, you'll be hostile to him. I don't want to hear anything about him. I don't even want to talk about church or about Christ. Or you'll respond like the chief priests and the scribes. You'll just be indifferent. Well, it really don't matter to me. You know, I've got my own beliefs. Or you'll be wise like the magi. You'll respond to the light. And you'll humble your heart. And you'll be willing to worship him. Michaela sang a few minutes ago about the gift the young girl gave. The only thing she had was just a little bird with a broken wing that she nourished back to health. But she was willing to give that little bird. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus really doesn't want your bird. He wants you. He wants you. So today... Would you bring to Jesus, not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but would you just bring to Jesus you, yourself, and say, God, I just give myself to you. I'm responding in this way. I give myself to you. Paul said it this way. Paul said, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you are of God, and you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Would you just give God you? The wise men brought gifts to Jesus. Well, your gift be? Let's bow our heads for